How you doing, good people? This is Kyle Means, editorial director of WeAreWeGoRadio.com, uh, War Media, everything, the podcast, the social media, all the good stuff that you like to follow and subscribe to weekly and daily. And alongside with me on the line is Ryan Bukovetsky, our number one guy for the Bears and NFL coverage. I guess you can also call us the uh, president and vice president of the Eddie Pinero fan club. You may think that you love Eddie, but you don't love Eddie like we love Eddie. And uh, we are back here for week number two, episode number two of what we know will soon be your favorite Chicago Bears-oriented podcast, Bear Necessities. This is our return to the Bears and everything uh, revolving around Chicago's number one NFL team. And, um, yeah, this week, this episode is going to be a little bit quicker, I would ex- I would imagine, than the last one. Uh, it's sort of a stopover episode we're doing because uh, the wait is a little bit longer this week for the Bears to play, uh, given that they're playing on Monday night. And uh, we'll actually be back on Monday. I try to drop a little something, uh, an immediate, pre- you know, a, a, an exact preview uh, right before uh, Monday night's game uh, kicks off. So you can hit. So look out for that as well. But with this one, we're just going to pretty much, uh, you know, talk about what's going on right now leading up to today, which is Thursday night. And, um, give you a preview in the meantime of uh, Ryan's fourth and goals, which is going to post up soon on com. Look out for that. And uh, also just talk, you know, talk about a couple other things uh, that are on our mind as well. But uh, Ryan, as I bring you in, I know you're uh, pretty happy over Rizzo just getting that shot in for the Cubs. But, uh, yeah, what's going on, man? Yeah, not much, Kyle. It's an uh, entertaining finish to the baseball season, but I've definitely still got another TV with an eye on the football game tonight because obviously it, there's never enough football. Yeah, there's, that's how hardcore you are about football, man. You're actually willing to watch the uh, the Jaguars. To. Willing and happy, and happy to. To watch the Jaguars. How do you, who are they playing again? The Jaguars and who? Titans and the Jaguars. Oh yes, yes. That Jags old, at home. That old uh, that old chestnut game, man. That always thrills us on uh, Thursday nights and you know whenever they show it nationally. But uh, we actually gonna talk a little bit about the Jaguars later. We are gonna talk about Jalen Ramsey a little, a little later. But uh, for now though, you know, let's just keep it to the Bears. And, you know, we, of course, we're coming out of uh, week two, uh, a big win for the Bears. Definitely a close win, um, you know, to put in the, in the words of the title for Dean Davis this week, a lucky-ass win. But I don't, I don't know how much luck it was necessarily. They, there's pretty much, you know, it was a game that they see, they pretty much had the entire way. They gave it up. Um, they'll try to give it up. It seemed like towards the end, and they they weren't successful of that, which is kind of ironic because 
you know, the first game they they proved they weren't successful at doing anything to win the game. But um, you know, we got a mix of good and bad definitely with the Bears. It wasn't an overwhelming performance. Uh, Eddie Pinero winds up being the thing that sticks out the most. He goes on to win a NFC uh, special special teams player of the week. So he's uh, he's feeling pretty good about himself, and Bears have to be feeling pretty good about that pickup right now. But there's a lot more that needs to be worked on going into this game coming up, a national televised game Monday night that that can always be fraught with some sort of tension there. You know, whether you're talking about the showcase and not wanting to embarrass yourself on the showcase, so you know, uh, you know, you can key in on Mitch's performances against certain teams in certain showcase games and compare that to his to his games and his regular Sunday games. And I think you see he does much better on the games where there's less pressure. So, you know, the talk this week, definitely a lot of talk this week has been on Mitch and his progression. And, you know, with um, Nagy in particular coming out to defend him, and say that he sees he still sees something in him, you know. Um, I've been watching ESPN today, and it's like every show has had a segment on him on Trubisky and saying, you know, what exactly does Nagy see in him? So it's like, you know, they're 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 teeing up for what we're going to see a lot of on Monday night. And um, you know, Ryan, as I throw it to you, man, you know, what are your thoughts on the team right now, man, coming out of the Denver game, and you know. Uh, as they as they've gone through their early preparation for the Washington team, um, you know what? You know what are some of the things that you're noticing? Yeah, I mean, Mitch Trubisky is probably number one on that list. Um, I like how you put it. You know, we're trying to figure out what he is and what what uh, what the Bears should be seeing in him. I know the Bears are hoping everything works out and that he becomes kind of that franchise quarterback or at least the guy that can really run this system that Nagy's bringing in here. And then, of course, if that offense was similar to what is being done in Kansas City, you would think that this is a perennial Super Bowl contender. And, of course, that hasn't worked out in the first two games. Maybe it starts this Monday night because for the team in Washington, they've been, you know, they've been solid. Uh, when it comes to offense, they put up some points and they found a way to get some things done, uh, especially week one against the Eagles where they got off to a 21-0 lead. Uh, game against the Cowboys, they had uh, a lead of the opening touchdown but then gave up uh, basically 31, came back with 14, and then eventually scored 21. So it they were lopsided in their scoring. They're not necessarily explosive, but when you look at their stats, they haven't turned the ball over yet as a team. They have one takeaway on defense. They only have two sacks on defense. Whatever strength and ability that this team has, it seems to be all on the offensive side of the ball. But even with that said, they lost Darius Geis, who uh, injured an ankle, I believe. And now there's tension and friction between Adrian Peterson and Jake Rudin. So who knows what really their running back situation is. It's kind of up and down what you think of their receivers. They have the young kid out of Ohio State who can be a burner. So that's something that the Bears defense will have to watch out for. And they still don't have uh, Trent Williams, their uh, all-pro left tackle. So 
the Bears seem like they should be able to come in there and handle them, and if they can do that defensively, then it's all up to the offense and Mitch because Mitch really, uh, when you look at the quarterbacks, in Dak Prescott and uh, Carson Wentz, they absolutely put up numbers against this uh, Washington team. The one thing that I will say, though, is those two have probably the two best offensive lines in the NFC. The Bears probably don't have quite as good of an offensive line, so they have to come in and definitely do their part and continue the great blocking and not allow this pass rush to get going of Washington. And if that's the case, then it's really just up to Mitch. Can Mitch get it done? And can Maggie put him in a position to succeed? Yeah, the, when you look at it overall, the Bears are in a pretty fortunate position to to come across this Washington team here this week because like you said there, you know, you laid it out pretty well, Ryan. They're a team that has its fair share of uh things they're dealing with that typically that's the case with Washington. They're a dysfunctional franchise in a lot of ways and they they're still trying to figure out a lot of things, you know, with with in, in I, things a lot of larger scale things I think they're dealing with. Whereas the Bears are mostly they can just key in on their their little their quarterback and just be like, you know, it it's a, it's a little frustrating that that has to be of course an issue and you know, but it, it's pretty much a a micro thing in in regard you know compared to a lot of the bigger macro things that Washington is dealing with, and when you talk when you talk about them having some. You know issues with Peterson, and you know the coach seemingly, you know Gruden seemingly doesn't want anything to deal with him. They have a left tackle, a franchise left tackle who doesn't want anything to do with the team, and he's holding out. You know, it's you know they have they're they're, they're working with a retread quarterback. They have a rookie first round pick that they don't have confidence in that as of now, and it's like you know. Is are we are we going to be really worried about them? Even though they they have more talent on that offensive side, are we going to be really worried about them having enough to overturn the Bears' good defense? I don't know about that. You no, know, it leaves it leaves an it leaves an opening for Mitch to make an impact against uh you know a, like I said a, 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 a dysfunctional team that isn't gonna ha- isn't gonna carry much. Wait, you know, you look at the lines, which I'm, which I'll talk about a little later. You know, they're they're going to be a, an underdog at home. If Washington is on Monday night. That's not a good sign in regards to overall confidence for uh, for Washington. Yeah, definitely. When you uh, are the home team, you usually get a field goal just for that. So to be down four points, they they think the Bears are a clear favorite in this matchup and. You know, that's certainly the case, and it's really coming down to can the Bears go out there and execute, especially on offense, because I think defensively we know that they just simply have to show up and play their normal style of defense, and they're going to be able to keep this in a relatively uh, winnable game at all points. I I highly doubt that uh, Washington will get off to a huge lead or an insurmountable lead, so Mitch is going to have the benefit of having some time to get going. It's not like he's going to have some pressure of, you know, on the other side facing off against uh, Peyton Manning in his prime. And, you know, you got to put up a lot of points. Otherwise, you're going to get blown out today. And I really for Nagy and the offense, and I think this is one of the goals that they have to have in this game, is 
figuring out something of an identity offensively and maybe even more specifically in the passing game. Because this is a team that, yes, they need to commit to running the football, but they are not a running team. They don't have a fullback on their roster. They aren't a power-running football team. They don't even really have those backs outside of Montgomery. And even Montgomery, I don't know if he's just a pure power back. He's a, a very elusive back that uses contact. So they have to find some kind of passing game and some kind of passing game identity, something that they can consistently go to, something that Mitch feels very comfortable with. And I, personally, for me, I, he just looks so much more natural when he is on the run and moving versus when he's sitting in the pocket throwing. You obviously can't just do rollouts and bootlegs all the time, but I would like to see that be more of an emphasis in the game plan. Try to do some of this movement, some of this misdirection, and get Mitch out on the run a little bit even if it's just four or five extra times a game and let him throw and especially take your shots at that point where he seems to be more accurate. Yeah, as well said, Ryan, I think it would be nice to see some some plays called, you know, some maybe some rollout plays or some bootlegs or something that, yeah, that I, th- I think with, with Mitch too, I think those things are a lot like with a basketball player where, they may need to get some layups before they, they get some confidence to shoot some jumpers. And, okay. uh, you know, you got to give mitts, you got to give mitts some bunnies and then, you know, see, see about, you know, taking them down, down the field further with Robinson or Burton or whoever, or, you know, one of the speedsters, maybe Miller or Gabriel being, you know, when you just, you know, just dropping them back five or you know, immediately and just trying to say, go make a play, you know, he doesn't, he just doesn't have that capability, at least not right now, you know, but it's, it's interesting though. You mentioned, um, you know, the, the rest of the uh, Washington, you mentioned their ability to, uh, you know, you know, them, them getting out to possibly, you know, possibly getting out to a lead or something like that. Even if they, you know, if you look at week one with them, you know, they got out to that lead with the Eagles and they weren't able to to hold that. So I think if you're the Bears, you can even you, you even have a little bit of room for you know to uh to mess up a little bit. There's a little bit of room for error. But I but I would much rather see the Bears be confident and successful throughout the course of this game and get some type of scores early to uh you know, like you say, set set the tone and you know, let them have, let them draw some, have something that they could draw from that, you know, that, that allows them to have that identity that they want to de- uh, develop about themselves with the offense and not, not feel, not get, get into something and then overcorrect itself like they, like they tried to do in the first two weeks. Like the first week, they were all, uh, much more reliant on the pass. They saw that it didn't work and then they, you know, hand, they more or less handcuffed Trubisky in the second game. They run run more, which was good, but it didn't it didn't equal any more success that you were running more. You know, you got to they got to find that balance. Yeah, and balance is the big thing, and we all know, like in nature, balance doesn't mean just fifty fifty. It can be you know sixty forty. Uh, 45, 55, whatever it is, they have to find that balance. And 
they definitely need to try to make that run game a little bit more effective because it wasn't particularly effective. Like you pointed out, it was really at, uh, aided by that 46-yard run by Cordell Patterson. But at the yeah. same time, too, you know, you get 153 yards and you hope that you break one or two, and the Bears kind of did that. So overall, I think you are happy with what they did with the running game. Now, can they continue to move that forward? And now can they maybe even take it a step further where it really helps benefit the pass game with maybe some play action, maybe some bootleg, maybe some rollout, something that can get Mitch and kind of going along with your basketball metaphor from earlier with Mitch, when you get him in that kind of uh, bootlegs and rollouts, those are going to be more like half field reads, kind of like a fast break, if you will, versus when you're sitting in the pocket and you just have to scan and it's really about just making the right decision out on the roll. If you've got, you know, a couple receivers and you're playing off a couple defenders and they know that one of the defenders has to come up because Mitch is such a threat with his run, he can wait, just let the play develop, and then find the open man. Get him in more of those positions if he's more comfortable, uh, more able to do that. And then at the same time, if you're keeping him in the pocket, then you can do more of the screen game, some more of the quick passes, some of the things that keep him in rhythm, that keeps the defense honest and that you can keep the chains moving while still getting some big plays because you're putting him in a better position to throw the ball downfield. Yeah, that's, that sounds a lot better than what they've been doing. You got to hope that uh, Nagy, uh, you know, is, is already uh, ahead of us with that because, you know, I think when it comes down to it, you, you got to work with what you got. And the Bears have too much talent to be putting up the numbers that they've that they have, even if the quarterback is lacking in some way, you got players, you got playmakers on this offense. You got to find ways to get them the ball and get them to get the ball to them in ways that allow them to make plays, much like the Cordero Patterson play last week. Yeah. And Kyle, the only thing I'd add to that is you look at the Washington defense, you know, they have some okay players in that secondary, like Josh Norman, but He's not a world beater at corner. Landon Collins is kind of this free safety, strong safety type. He can be solid as a playmaker, but this isn't necessarily Eddie Jackson back there patrolling, uh, trying to pick off passes. Ryan Kerrigan's a very underrated, accomplished pass rusher in this league and is often forgotten about, but it's just really him. I mean, he's got some other guys, but again, he's has one of the two sacks so far this season by – Washington, and that's, you know, going up against some teams that like to throw the football like the Cowboys and the Eagles, and maybe part of that was how good those offensive lines are. But again, if the Bears can find a way to just neutralize Kerrigan, do the rest of their jobs, there should be these big open pockets for Mitch to get a receiver, whether it's in zone or man, and it's just up to them to really actually make defenses pay for once. Yeah, yeah, the Bears don't have quite the line that, uh, no, that either Dallas or Philly has, and they're not quite as assured in their passing game as, as say, Philly is. But you got to think they got a lot of good uh, tape from the first two weeks to see how, uh, you know, to attack Washington's defense. So, And you get the extra day, too. Right. So they, they, should, they should be prepared on every level. And, you know, it's going to come down to the execution, I guess. So. You know, we got to see, you know, how that, how those things, how those things relate to each other, or correlate to each other. So, yeah, but that's uh, that's pretty much a good feel of what what you can get with Ryan uh, 
you know, with the fourth and goals. And uh, definitely read that. There'll be even more in the post. So, you know, if you want to make sure that you know all that you're talking about this weekend when, uh, when the Bears come up, make sure you read Ryan's next post, uh, fourth and goals, previewing the Bears and Washington on Monday night. But uh, before we before we head out, and, I, you know, a lot of you – know, I, I, I don't think you know this. And, and I think it's good that we snuck in some NBA metaphors. Uh, with this talk, Ryan, because I think we're we're actually covering the NBA now as as opposed to the NFL. You don't, you 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 know that, right? Yeah, it's time to shift over. Yeah, NBA is a year round sport now too, so let's talk some NBA. Well, you know, I mean, according to Steve Young, you know, with with all these players, Smith. No, Steve Young. Oh, you know, okay. What he said on on Monday night. I don't know if you heard. You know, with all these players wanting to move around and stuff now. The NFL is, is pretty much becoming that. the NBA now, so we might as well just get into uh, covering the NBA and uh, you know using all that knowledge from that sport. And uh, you know, but no, but really, you know, there's been a lot of fire and uh, fire takes and a lot of uh, you know overstating things, of course, as it, as it always is with the NFL. But what we're seeing and as of late with uh, you know, you know, drawing back from the from the uh, off season, you know, you had situations with uh, 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 Clowney down in, uh, you know, down in Houston, and you had you know him forcing the trade out. Minka Fitzpatrick, who you, uh, you know, he he forced a trade out of Miami. Uh, seemed, seemed like one of many who wanted to, but he's been been the only successful Dolphin, former Dolphin, to do that. As of now, other you know holdouts and stuff that have led to situations where people have talked about trades and stuff. And there's just a lot more of a, you know, I, I think if you I think if you ask longtime watchers of the league, you'll see that a lot of this stuff has been done before in some capacity, and it's not really it's not really any time of a, you know, any 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 it's not a particularly crazier time than others. Maybe there's a few more stories than usual, but you know, this isn't this isn't any type of Armageddon for the uh the pure sport of football, the the NFL. But you know, what one player who could really set things off, uh I forget about Antonio Brown too, of course, is he's you gotta mix him into this as well, this developing stuff with players and movement and everything. But uh, Jalen Ramsey of Jacksonville, if you figure there's a player who could really set things off, you know, it, it may be him. And uh, we're in the middle right now this week of uh, his, you know, his public maneuvering now to get out of Jacksonville. Stem, it stems from a situation that we talked about on All 32 where him and his coach, Doug Maroney, got into it and uh, on the sideline very visibly. And it stems from, uh, you know, I guess, some bad choices that Maroney made uh, on fourth down late in the game, to uh, you know that essentially helped them lose that lose their second game in a row coming into this season. And uh, you know, since very much teasing uh, a run uh, out of the AFC, you know, a run through the AFC and uh, getting to the AFC Championship a couple of years ago. Jacksonville has been very mired in a lot of uh, dysfunction, 
and they've fallen right back down to earth. And, you know, Ramsey sees that, and on top of him not getting an extension, and if you look at the top picks in his draft, uh, you know, which was uh, two, uh, big 2017, I believe, he's one of the few top players. He was drafted fifth in that draft, and he was not – he. Everyone who's drafted ahead of him has received extensions, including uh, uh, most recently Ezekiel Elliott of, of Dallas. He's the only one who has received a extension on his contract. He wants to get paid. He wants to not be on the losing team, and he wants to get traded. And I want to see him in Chicago. <laughs> I know that's not going to happen, but uh, I want to see him in Chicago. There are two first-round picks. Yeah, I, I mean, how how could that happen? Is there any way that that could happen, Ryan? Well, I was going to bring up with the Laramie Tunsil trade, and it really messes up the market because, you know, Khalil Mack, two first-round picks, that makes a lot of sense. That sets the market, but that's an all-pro, a guy that's on a Hall of Fame track. Laramie Tunsil, there's a lot of indiscretion about how good he is. Maybe he could develop into a top left tackle, but he is definitely not a top left tackle at this point in time. And he got two first-round picks. When you're Jacksonville, and we know with the league, with quarterbacks, with everyone, they don't want to get what the la- they want to get what the last person got and more. So uh, to me, uh, Jalen Ramsey doesn't even have a chance of coming to the Bears unless somehow. Jacksonville is willing to take a lot less, but they want a first-round pick, and the Bears don't even have one next year. So even if they offered up 2020's pick, or I'm sorry, 2021's pick, how much does that really do for you if you're Jacksonville versus other teams that are going to be offering a 2020 first-round pick? Yeah, I know. It's yeah, the the Bears have you know pretty much shot their wide with big trades. You know, going back to uh, the Mac trade, but uh. You know, you, you, it's, it's just it's, – it's a hell of a thing to imagine because you talk about Tunsil's relative value in regards to Ramsey. Tunsil is a guy who, again, you said could develop. He's a solid guy now who could develop into something elite. Ramsey is elite. He's he's in the argument consistently as one of the top – you know, many would say he's, he's the best cornerback, the best coverage guy in the league. And he's just come off this week, a pretty solid game, uh, you know, covering one of the best receivers in Hopkins down there in Houston. He was you know, he was tasked with that, and he did his job just like he typically does, you know, week in and week out on the field. You know, it's just that he comes with some other things. You know, he I mean he's a he's in the mold of a lot of you know, uh, modern receivers and, and defensive backs in that way. He's, you know, he's, he's flashy. He's got, he, he's, he's got a mouth. He's, <laughs> he's, uh, you know, but he, but he comes to play and he's uh, extremely athletically gifted. And, you know, to imagine him on a defense like the bears would be, that would, you know, you're already talking about a top three defense. You talking about all time, great defenses, if you know you get the expected contribution that he would have, pair him up with Fuller on the other side, and you got you know that's two All Pros right there, and you know you putting Prince of Mukamara 
you know, what, what you putting them at nickel or something, you know, that's well above the uh, value replacement there. You know, it's it, that would like I said, that's that's just something to daydream about. But like Ryan says, it's not likely to happen because the Bears don't have the draft capabilities, the pick, the picks, the future picks, and everything that's available to do something like that. The team, some of the teams that have been mentioned as possibilities have been other competitive teams such as uh, Seattle and uh, uh, Kansas City, I've heard, has been mentioned. Minnesota is one which as would, well that would, I heard. Yeah, which would be tough uh, for the Bears, definitely. Yeah. So, you I know. New England, even. Of course, they're always in the mix with <laughs> – this type of elite talent is on the market or possibly on the market. But um, Kyle, I did have uh, one question though with let's stick with the Bears hypothetical if they got Ramsey. Yeah, go ahead. Is he is he is yeah, he gonna go be okay with trading Blake Bortles for Blake Bortles? <laughs> Blake Bortles Jr. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's that would be the one thing that would uh he, he probably would be putting himself in a similar situation. That he that he's been in with uh, Jacksonville right here, you know. It, I, yeah, I, 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 that's that'd be the one thing I, and that might hinder his chance of re-upping with the Bears at all, you know. But you know, the Bears would have, I guess, control over his rights. They could franchise or whatever. I don't know. You know, it, you know, you you get him in here. That that would be the thing. And I, like with Mac, you know, they got him in and they uh. Even though they they gave him the money up front, of course, they already settled you know settled that when they got him in. But Mac has proven himself to be all in with the team as far and he's you know he, he seems like a bear guy. I don't know if Ramsey would it would be necessarily a bear guy, but I think being among that defense would be good for him, and I think he would he would definitely be positive about that. But like you said, if you have a an all-time great defense that's getting hindered by an offense that doesn't know itself and that doesn't have a good guy at, uh, leading it, you know, it's yeah, it's no, it's no better situation than he's been in the past couple of years. But I to that end, I also wanted to bring this up. Like, if you would, if you know, because you know, every every player in the league now. Uh, these players actually have autonomy now and they actually have brains that they're using apparently. You know, if 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 that whole thing, uh, if that whole scourge spread itself to the Bears, who do you think would be the first player to want to force a trade out of the team? Who would, who would your bet mm-hmm. be? Mm-hmm. Good question. I... Ooh... That is a good question. I think maybe I'll go out on a limb on one, even though I don't think there's an obvious candidate. I was going to say Allen Robinson, but I think Allen Robinson's such a team guy that I don't know if he'd do that. Maybe Eddie Jackson. Eddie, okay. He could be, you know, he, he's at a position where you can be kind of like a star. He's got a lot of flair, pizzazz. Maybe he figures – hey, I need to move on and go somewhere else. Uh, if you ask me this, maybe a few years down the road, I would say maybe David Montgomery. Yeah, yeah. I, 
it, it, I'm I'm with you, man. It's not an obvious, and that's a that's a good thing about the Bears. They actually do have a good locker room, uh, you know, chemistry right now. It, it's not obvious choice, but I would probably go with Anthony Miller. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'll just yeah, that, that sort of just came to me in the in the, in the last few minutes. Yeah, that is a good he, one. He's a guy. He's most likely the guy. Being that he's a rookie, to get mixed up in the on a rookie contract, the Bears don't feel as obligated financially to showcase him. And we've already seen him get lost in the mix in one game this year. You know that, and that's there's also of course the the limitations of Mitch, meaning. You know, if if Mitch was a more prolific quarterback, then you could you could see the ball getting to Robinson and Gabriel, and you know, to the guys out the backfield and Miller, all you know him being able to do all that stuff in one game. But right now, in one game, the most he can do is get the ball to one specific receiver at, at a good rate, and everybody else falls by the wayside because the plays aren't developing the way that they want or guys aren't even getting on the field and get and getting calls, you know, you know, made for them to touch the ball. So it's like I could definitely see Miller with his gifts being a guy who'd be like, man, I'm sick of this. And, you know, I'm I'm probably not gonna get re-upped anyway because they're not showcasing my talents. I'm probably not gonna make it past my rookie deal anyway. So why don't you guys just trade me to a team that can do something better with me? And, you know, if you're – there's probably a lot of people out there want to be GMs and stuff. You know, probably, I'm thinking of Ken here uh, among them who will probably say, you know, that that would be a, that would be a type of guy who you probably would want to throw out there as bait. Like if the Bears – like if the Bears had a bad year this year and they would – you know, looking no better next year, and they were talking about rebuilding again because you know Trubisky. Because we know at that time that Trubisky is not the man that was at the quarterback, and we're going to need another quarterback. Uh, you know, start anew in that way. Then Miller probably would be a guy who you would look at as a guy on his rookie deal, who has talent, but hasn't. But it, it's still like you could fool somebody into being one to go after him another team and be like, well, you know, we got this gifted you have a receiver here. Maybe you could try him out in your offense and, you know, maybe we'll take a, a third or fourth form, you know, you know, you can take them off our hands, you know, that's, that's the kind of, you know, it, it's a lot of imagination there. And I, I would not want to see this at all. Cause I love Miller and I would love for him to be a lifetime bear and, and develop into a great uh, NFL weapon in Chicago. But, it's the type of thing that we've seen not only in Chicago sports, but we are seeing more and more in the NFL. But um, no, to flip it, before we move well, on Well, one thing this, I wanted to say, Kyle, to the <laughs> Anthony Miller thing, the only thing I'd push back on you with is, has he even really done enough where he's even on teams' radars? Because, you know, right yeah. now, at best, he is just still a prospect based on what little he's done. You've got that shoulder injury, which would be a, somewhat of a red flag for teams, I'm sure. And, you know, he he is generally quick, but he's not fast and he's not necessarily big. So, you know, I I think he'd have to accomplish more before he could even try to force any type of trade. I think at this point, 
you know, he would get somewhat of the uh, uh, the receivers escaped me, the one that was down in New Orleans that the Bears let go of, and then he got uh, cut by New Orleans. Yeah, Cam Meredith. A lot like Cam Meredith, where maybe here in Chicago, based on what we saw, it was like, oh, this could be a really solid player, but based on that injury or at least his lack of development, the the Bears felt comfortable letting him go, and it it worked out for them, basically, that that he didn't become anything else anywhere else. Well, yeah, I I, kind of, when I was going through my whole spiel, I kind of projected out like a year or a year and a half at least. You know, but uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely don't get what you're saying. You know, he hasn't proved enough yet, and you know, again, part of that is probably on the fact that they don't have a guy who's who's running that office, you know, with uh, proficiency right now. But uh, you know, like I said, that's just a whole thing. I just worked up on the fly there, but I'm, I'm trying to, but it, it trying to be positive. You know, flip it a flip it a little bit. You know, what would what would one player? What would you think of would be one player outside of the Bears, elsewhere in the league, who may you know because the because this is part of the autonomy that's being developed between with players now. Players not only are saying I want to get out of uh, this bad situation I'm in, they're pinpointing other. You know, that's what that's what makes it like the NBA. Where you can you can pick out a team that you're not on and say I want to play for that team, and that's something that Clowney sort of did in uh in Houston. He pretty much got himself forced to uh, Seattle because you know and and not to Miami. You know he he he, he you know he dictated himself out of, of out of Houston and into uh, Seattle. So that was showing that sort of uh that sort of control. Over things that play, you know, that player control that scares a lot of people. It it, it manages to scare ex players for some reason. I don't get that, but but uh, but like I say, to that end, what would be a player who you may think on another team, maybe in a failing situation or soon to be failing situation, who would say, uh, you know, I want to get traded to Chicago. That would be the, you know, that team would be. Uh, a place where I feel welcome, and they may I may be just a player that they need to put them over the top. Hmm. Are there any quarterbacks out there? Um, I'm trying to think. That's a that's an interesting thought. And there's a few positions I I would think the Bears would have to look offensively somewhere. Um, you know. Looking across the league, I'm not sure who would be the person that come through. Uh, one name that kind of comes to mind, if things really soured for Mitchell Trubisky and the Oakland Raiders, how about De- Derek Carr coming over? John Gruden unloading him. Man, oh, that could be interesting. Exploit that past relationship. <laughs> I, I just wonder if, you know, if Mitch is going to – you know, continue these next couple of weeks looking like how he's looked or looking basically like last year where it's, you might get a good game here or there, but for the most part, you're coming in with not a lot. I wonder if they'll just exhaust all avenues and you look at maybe a team like Oakland or some of these other teams around the league that see Miami tanking away for Tua and Trevor. 
I wonder if a few teams start getting a little bit antsy and want to go that direction too if they're not completely sold that their quarterback is the right guy. Yeah, that would yeah, that would be interesting. I, I was trying to think while you were talking about Miami, but I don't know of, of any anything that they would have that the Bears would particularly want at this point. You know, none of those quarterback, none of their quarterbacks. Is, it's been announced uh, today, I believe, that uh, that Rosen is going to start down mm-hmm. there now. Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, just did what he's done in the past couple of weeks, but you know. Yeah, if you talk, you're pretty much talking about quarterback for the Bears, and in any situation in the league where there's a quarterback, there's a, a solid quarterback or an elite quarterback, they're pretty much in a good situation that they're not going to want to get away from. I'm, I'm just trying to think any back any backups or anything. Because the other thing too, Kyle, is you know it's just so early right now in the year, and I wonder because certainly that's going to be more in vogue. I think where you're going to have more and more people kind of trying to force their way out of a bad situation. And a couple of seasons ago, they moved back the trade deadline, so it's going to be later than it normally is. Maybe after September, a couple weeks into October, we start hearing more and more of those murmurs, some of the talk where teams that are clearly done, clearly headed for a rebuild, have maybe a player or two like Miami did, and they decide, well, let's get as many assets as we can out of them, and suddenly these guys become open market uh, for everybody else. Yeah, the NFL can stand to make their free agency. I mean, not free agency and their, and their but free agency has sort of built up itself over in recent years. But they can stand to make their trade deadline, their in season trade deadline, into more of a thing. That and could, it, you know, it hasn't you know, been bad. They've had some decent stories here and there the last couple of years. Not a huge impactful one. Not that big superstar movement, but. I could see it getting to that point, especially with teams. You know, we talk about in the NFL how it's maybe one of those leagues that's even faster than all the others, except for, I don't know, maybe coaching and basketball, where you just have teams just ready to restart, hit the reset button really fast because you know you can go from first to worst or worst to first very easily. And if you do a right rebuild, you can sustain that for a long time. So I wonder if more and more teams, when they're, they know that they are out, hey, let's sell off anything that's not critical, anything that's not a part of our future. Sell it, sell it, sell it. Let's recoup whatever we can. Yeah. yeah time to just skip by here. I'm, I'm surprised at how long. I, I didn't expect to talk this long. I like I, I like talking hypotheticals with you, Ryan. I don't I don't like doing that with everybody, but that was I like that talk. And I'm I'm keeping you from this Jacksonville Tennessee game, which surprisingly, the Jaguars have jumped out to yeah, a Andrew the Andrew Minshew, he is carving them up right now. He may actually turn out to be something. Maybe Jalen Ramsey needs that, to stay. Right, he may have his guy there with him, man. He may have his quarterback. He, he was, watch by week six, he's gonna wind up crying like Terrell Owens on the on the. Uh, you know, in the in the conference, but that's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. Yeah, and then get cut. But uh, <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, we go we gonna leave it at that though. Uh, you know, Ryan spotlight 
segment under the spotlight. We're gonna leave that for Monday when we're uh, right ahead, right ahead of the game, you know, and uh, all more the information comes about with the with the uh, with the matchup and everything, and we we pretty much all know everything that's gonna happen at that point. But I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw out my 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 pick for the against the line. The right as of now. The line is at 4.5. Like I so said, we, we sort of mentioned this a little earlier. You're, you're giving 4.5 points to the to Washington at home to the Bears. Would I bet for the Bears or against the Bears with that one? I would actually go, for the moment, I would go and bet against the line. And, I, and meaning that the Bears, I, I, would, see, I would see the Bears – under four point no 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 I'll check my mind I I keep going back and forth right I'm no I'm gonna go with the line and maybe say that the maybe Bears, you gotta tease it Kyle and you'll get the the lowdown on Monday I I don't well see I'm kind of I'm kind of at my decision though like I think if the line gets closer to a touchdown then you you don't want to go with the Bears I don't think it's gonna move that much to you I I feel like it's kind of at the spot it's gonna be at because what I don't know what would really tip it for those yeah for those who aren't familiar these lines can move all the way up to kickoff and you know I, that's what I'll just say just watch for any movement you know and then it typically would have to some drastic would have to happen to really move this line at this point like an injury or something but you know, as of now, like I, I'm just saying hypothetically again, if it moved, if the if it moved up a little bit to like a six point five or something, then that would that would make it a worse that may make it worse bet for the Bears. As of now, I'll I will go with the Bears to uh, to make that make that uh to win by at least five or six points. So I I will have them cover that, but uh. Any any higher than any higher than that goes like a six or so range. Don't go with the Bears to, to cover that. And um, elsewhere in the league, my lock I, my lock fell apart pretty uh completely last week. When I you know I, I hope nobody lost money betting on the Saints in LA. But uh, this week I'm gonna go with Carolina and Arizona. Arizona's getting two two and a half points at home against the Panthers. The Panthers have been sorry. They're not looking any better. Uh, Arizona showed a lot of fight in week one against Detroit. I think they still got some more fight in them. And I think they're gonna be uh they're gonna be up for winning their first game in the uh in in the in their new regime. So uh I don't know if they will yet. I ain't, I ain't saying that yet. I haven't made my picks for Sunday yet, but uh, I think I'll, I'll give them the two points, the two and a half points there against Carolina. I like it. I like. Um, I'll give you my pick on that game. I like Arizona. Yeah, you like them outright. Yeah, I would pick them to win. Yeah, yeah. That's not. A, I don't think that'd be a bad pick at all. I'm. I'm not. I'm not there yet completely, but. I'm probably gonna be there by by Sunday. I'll I'll warm but, uh, spot for you. Yeah, <laughs> you're on the bandwagon already. I like I like you 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 you're being you're being pretty 
uh, definitive there, man. I, I like I like the style with that rhyme. Yeah, you know, you got to be uh, definitive with our game picks because those standings they're tight. Oh yeah, when when that comes when it comes to those picks, I'm definitely definitive. I, when I'm when I send my picks to you week after week, I'm I'm no I'm I'm pretty sure of those picks. But uh, make sure you keep up with those too with the Dean Davis show. Uh, you know, uh, I think me and Ryan are going to set the pace, continue to set the pace with those picks, and it's going to be up to us to show you how good we are here with uh with bare necessities and all thirty two. So uh, we're going to try to. We're going to try not to let y'all down if you're listening to us here and following us week to week. But uh, for now, though, uh, Ryan, I'm, uh, you got anything else to say, man? No. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be hopefully a, an easy week for us covering the Bears where we have to talk about only good stuff. We got a chance to have a winning team officially again. You know, if they can come out 2-1 and one after Monday night, that that could set up some good things for the near future, at least. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But uh, we'll we'll uh, uh, you know we'll talk to each other again on Monday. Me and Ryan will, and that means you'll hear from us again on Monday, uh, leading up to the Bears and Washington on Monday night. So enjoy your weekend. Again, enjoy all the football that you take in. I hope you enjoy. Hopefully, your picks come through. And your fantasy comes through uh, for you, unless you're playing against me. Actually, I'm going against D this week, so I'm definitely going to try to run up the score on D. But uh, <laughs> you know, I think D's going to be too uh, too. He, he may be gone off the off some medicine. He may be too gone. He's been hot, so you now, better hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's been doing good. I I gotta hope he's impaired somewhat by his medicine. Maybe I can. Maybe that could ease uh. These things for me in, in that matchup, but uh, yeah, Stealing that's uh, Eddie Pinero style, <laughs> right? Hey, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's you know, better be lucky Heck to get yeah. it sometimes. Win is a win, win is a win for sure. And uh, we'll see how, how that goes for the Bears on Monday. But uh, for now, this is your man Kyle Means, Ryan Bukovetsky on the line. Uh, always again, we love Eddie and we love y'all for listening. So, uh, you know, like I said, enjoy yourself, stay, uh, stay positive, and keep building out there, y'all. We'll talk to you later. Bear down.